Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Good morning. If you're like me, you just took your Beam CBD tincture. It's a drop that I take every single morning to help combat my anxiety and headaches. If you follow me on Instagram, you guys already know about this brand, but it is truly one of my favorites. It's full spectrum, third-party tested, THC-free CBD. It comes in a tincture, a salve, lotion, and bars. Freckled Foodie 15 gets you 15% off the entire website. Go check it out at BeamTLC. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com. Good morning, everyone. We are at Samsung 837 in the heart of the meatpacking, and I'm super excited. I'm here with Rachel Krupa, who is the founder and CEO of Krupa Consulting. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on with you. I'm so excited to have you. Um, So Rachel and I met a while back. I think it was at the Vital Farms brunch, maybe, where we first met. It feels like it's been so much longer I know, but I kind of think that might have been it. Um, And I immediately was drawn to – I really – appreciate and admire your candidness, but in a very honest way. And like you have an opinion that's not like in your face. You have an opinion where you have facts that back it and you're just like, no, well, this is that. And it's very like matter of fact. And I love that because I hate beating around the bush and like dishonesty. So that's one thing I very much admire about you. Thank you. you. And I think it's a matter (laughs) of just talking to truth of things. Yes. And just being like, this is how it is for me. But then here's like the reasons why. Exactly. But it's like having a discussion and not having just an opinion. Yeah. I love it. So Rachel runs a group focused on consulting of brands, you would say, in what the food and wellness space. Yep. So a lot of my personal favorites are ones that you represent. And I want to do a deep dive into how you got there because I know... You, I, you told me once, and I read it also, that you were like a professional intern your mom called you. <laughs> she, she was so happy when I actually got a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in different spaces, and now you're running a very successful company. Thank so you. how would you define success? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think success is, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a having of feeling good and making a difference in the world. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we do through the PR agency is choosing to work with clients that we feel will make a difference in the world, yeah. especially within the food and wellness space and mm-hmm. making the difference in a food system. Um, and I think that's like the biggest thing for me. Like if you're able to help build a brand that is going to change the world or change someone, mm-hmm. then I think that's success. I think yeah. success is looking at it from personal success of like, hey, I, I want, these are my goals and this is where mm-hmm. I want to be. But overall, I think success for me is how do you change things for a positive? And I think that must be a very cool and fulfilling aspect of your work in the sense that you're really playing a role in building these brands that you not only believe in, but hopefully will be making a change in the future. Yeah. And I think that's if you take away everything else and you just yeah. look at that, it, it allows you to have a clear thought of like what the roadmap is mm-hmm. um, because you're like, okay, here it comes from a really authentic place and it comes from that gut of mm-hmm. how do we change things? But then it allows you to be more creative because you then you want to change things and you want to exactly. impact more people, but you also want to do it from a very transparent and authentic way because I think that's where there's a lot of like movement right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like how transparent and how authentic are things. Mm-hmm. But if you go Definitely. straight up from that and be like, okay, 
This is what, what it means. This is where it is. Yeah. Let's change it. And how do you go about choosing the brands that you're representing? Because I'm sure that plays a large role in it. Yeah, it does. And, and that's like the biggest thing. It's meeting with founders, asking mm-hmm. the simple questions of why did you start this? Why do you want to do this? Then it dives down into ingredients. Mm-hmm. Where do they come from? You know, who are you working with? Because I think a lot of the brands, they're like, oh, I have this, this and this, or I want to open up and I want to launch this brand because of a positive reason. Or mm-hmm. is it just to make money, which is great. Yeah. That's, you know, other people, that's a like success for them. Or that is like what people want to do to build a brand and sell it to then build something else. And mm-hmm. so I think it's coming from that also way. Like, what's the founder? Yeah. What do they want to do? What void does it fill in this world? Mm-hmm. Like, how successful can we be as publicists also? Because I think you have to look at that, I think, from the PR side, especially of mm-hmm. we all have to work with brands. But how successful can we be with the brand versus this is another client? Yeah. Um, and I think that's like the biggest part of it is how successful can be? Is there an authentic story of the founder? But then does it make us feel good too? Because mm-hmm. you also want to have a positive impact within your team. And you also have to be like on your end thinking that all of those reasons are for the fact that you want to believe in the product that you're then going to work extra hard to promote. I was actually just meeting with a brand this past weekend Um I asked if they were working with any influencers in the space because they're a very new brand. And they were saying, not really. Like, quite honestly, it's very hard for us to pick and choose. We're very, very picky. I'm like, well, that's a good thing. Because if you're a brand and you're working with influencers who maybe don't have the same message that you have, Mm -hmm. like, that's not going to do anything for anyone because an audience follows the message that they believe in. So if you don't, if a brand doesn't fit an influencer's message, they're not going to fit the audience's interests and then nothing's going to work. And I feel like that probably yeah. is the same with the PR aspect. Like you have to believe in the product to then go out there and promote it. Yeah, because we're not authentic. salespeople. I'm exactly. not, I don't do sales. Yeah. I talk authentically about like what the brand is and like mm-hmm. why you should have it in your life. Yeah. And that's like, you can tell when someone is talking to you and they actually like care real. about it. You can see it in their voice. You can see it 100%. in their eyes. It's like this like yummy feeling of like, oh, it's just so good. Yeah, and you versus, just want to share it with everyone. Yeah, versus... I work with this brand yeah. and it's cool. Do you want to write about it? No, exactly. You're just like, that That doesn't, like yeah. it's not making any of us like no. happy in the end of the day. No. And I think there's so much to these brands in this space, especially because a large part of them are food and food is such a personal and heartfelt experience when done correctly. And so you know that it brings you so much joy. You just want to share it with others, which is why I love food. <laughs> that's why we all love food because food is like that place where we grew up it was like we're a place where you would eat around a dinner table yeah. it, you have like happy moments you have sad moments but mm-hmm. like food is that connector of emotion it's comfort it's also, comfort in all and, aspects but you also want to know where it comes from and I yeah. think that's when really good brands that have like a really good founder that's mm-hmm. why they succeed and that's why they are able to propel themselves further definitely because it's like you want to see that person who's making your food yeah, Even though it's like a brand intrigued. and product, you want to still like, what was the basis of this? Mm-hmm. I'm always intrigued by finding out more about the founders of any brand. I'm always like on the website going to the about or our story or something. 100%. You look at that, but old school brands. Like I met Mrs. Fields and I was like- Really? Mrs. Fields is amazing. <laughs> like she's like like hip and like feels so young. That's so and funny. And you're just like, that makes me happy. I, like I want I want a Mrs. cookie. Yeah, yeah, you know, I want a cookie. Yeah. Well, Wait. that's like Bob from Bob's Red Mill. Oh my gosh. At Expo every year. It kills me. He like sits up there and people take photos with him. I love it. 
Me too. And it was just like, yes, like that's like, yeah. you're just like, okay, like I totally get it. Yeah. And there's just, it's like the, it makes you, it, we always say like the, the good food brands, like they hit you in your kid's spot because mm-hmm. it brings you back to a place that makes you happy. I love that saying a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to use that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to dive into specific brands you cover, but yeah. you guys work, we've mentioned obviously in the food, but also restaurants. So it's not just like products. You yeah. do some restaurants and then also some wellness spaces. Yeah. So we work with everyone from Vital Farms, Eggs, mm-hmm. um, Good Culture Cottage Cheese, Purely Elizabeth. Yeah. We just started working with Forager Project. Okay. Um, but then also from the restaurant side, we have by Chloe on the national mm-hmm. level. Um, Shake Shack and Milk Bar um, on the West Coast. I didn't know you guys did Shake Shack on the West yeah. Coast. Yeah, so it's like really fun thing. Yeah, it's so um, fun. And then from a wellness standpoint, we work with Within mm-hmm. um, and then Clean Market. Right. Um, and we just started working with um, Genexa, which I is like clean that. over-the-counter medicine. Oh, interesting. Um, and we're just launching another brand, um, which I'm really excited about, cool. is plant-based toilet paper that's Very non-toxic. Cool. I will be buying that. Right? And people yeah. don't realize. And that's like the fun thing too, is just like you can educate people and they're mm-hmm. like a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes and being like, oh my gosh, plant-based clean <laughs> toilet paper. Like no, what I else the people is who everything? are listening to this are into it, don't worry. You know what I mean? But you know, <laughs> yeah. some people do because it's like yeah. how much greenwashing can you do? Mm-hmm. And like you, like that's just like a term anymore. And it's just like, we yeah. can't greenwash everything. But then you're just like, when you meet a cool brand and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm floored by like not mm-hmm. knowing something. But that's the thing. It's opening your eyes to things. I always said, I actually said this during my internship, like you don't at JP Morgan, you don't know what you don't know. So I felt like someone, I, I vividly remember um, being an intern sitting next to a woman and she was talking about like a severance plan, which obviously now I know what that is, but I was a sophomore in college. I didn't know what that was. And she kind of made me feel like an idiot. She's like, you don't know what that is? And I was like, no, but you don't know what you don't know. So I would have never known to ask had before she had said it, tell me about a severance plan because I'd never heard the word. And so it's like now I feel it in a different realm where I have no idea certain things until I'm told them. And then my mind is just blown and opened up to these things that maybe we do need products to fill these toxic pieces of whatever you're putting on your body. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we don't realize like everything that touches your body impacts mm-hmm. your everything. Yeah. I've I've been very, very eye-opened, I guess, to this whole situation over the past year. And my life and everything that I put in and on my body has changed a lot. But do you ever feel with this, because it's something I'm struggling with now, mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to become obsessed and controlling over it all. And so it's like finding that gray area where I'm going to really try to focus on it, but not beat myself up if, because I think it's hard when you know so much, then you're like, oh my, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I put, I find myself but I in think these it's situations. Like, it's like what people always say is like, follow like the 80, 20 rule yes. or like sometimes it's 70, 30, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, that you do your best like 80% yeah. of the time and that 20%, like you can't go down on your pound. You, like, I know. That's like also makes you also, and I feel like it's a reinforcer of like why you do do better things for yourself. Where it's just like, you know, like certain things, like you're like, I don't try to eat anything with artificial colors and Mm -hmm. flavors, but sometimes if there is like a jelly bean in front of me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to want it because like I I want it. And then as soon as I eat it, I'm like, oh, 
I can feel why I don't like it again. Yes. But like, I'm not beating myself up about it. It's like, like, yeah, whatever. Clean everything. Or if Mm -hmm. I'm going somewhere and I'm like, this is the only shampoo and conditioner and it's not clean or toilet paper is not clean. Like, it's not going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And look how many people use them every day. And like, it's fine. And if you can still do better, not perfect, we're all not going to be perfect. And so that's Mm -hmm. like the biggest thing is just like being like, okay, I'm good all the time. Not not all the time, but like most of the time. Most of the time. this, This is fine. A yoga instructor who I love says we're all still practicing, we're which I love that. Practicing. Yeah, and I actually this weekend also I, for instance, like plastic bags. I really try to cut them out of my life. And a year ago, I would have said yes to a plastic bag at a grocery store every time. I wouldn't have even thought about it. Yep. And now that I'm so hyper aware and bring my tote bag with me everywhere, I hopped out of the car when we got home from the airport yesterday, like on the way to the apartment and Joe went home with the bags and I grabbed a few groceries. So I didn't have a bag with me and it pained me to say yes to the plastic bag. And it made me realize like it's, it's okay. One plastic bag is not going to like ruin the world, but making small changes over time really changes your behavior because this would have been not even a second thought a year ago. Yeah, and it's just looking at that of even yeah. when I go shopping, it's just like buying like fruit and vegetables and like mm-hmm. everyone has like a bag that you put a bag into a bag into a bag. Yeah. And you're like, why do we need like all the bags? bags. Like, let me just put those into my cart or into like the basket yes. solo. That blows my mind when people are like grabbing all of the, I'm like, but. Because they don't want it to touch other I things. Know. And it's because just like this like it. cleanliness, but you have to wash it. But then that's just like another layer on but, like, like. you should be washing it anyway. You always should be. So. <laughs> I know. It's like shopping naked. That's what my friend termed it. Yeah. yeah. But I think you can. I think, I think that's totally like the biggest can. thing. Absolutely. So how did you get into this space? Give us a little backstory oh, on your life. Like so long ago. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I went to school for PR. Okay. Um, so that's like what I, you know, got my degree in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more looking out of like what type of PR was I going to do. And I yeah. think that's when the professional intern like came <laughs> into play um, because I knew I wanted to do something with people and talking about things, but mm-hmm. I didn't know where that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it started in politics. And okay. so I had an internship um, in DC with a Congress, with a congressional member and then in Lansing with um, constituent relations department. Very cool and very different. Yeah. Both different DC than Lansing, mm-hmm. Michigan. And then um, went into sports and oh, so right. you were with MLB, right? Yep, interned at Major League Baseball. And then it turned into randomly coat checking at a hotel and some dude mm-hmm. coming up and being like, hey, you're cute. You're not a coat check person by trade, are you? And you're like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and so he was just like, if I get you an internship, you know, I told him I do PR, will you want to date with me? And I was like, Give me your card. Roll my eyes. <laughs> and for some reason, I felt like I needed to email him. Yeah. And this is like when email was new. Like mm-hmm. this is like early 2000s. And I emailed him and he was just like, here's like a person for you to meet. And mm-hmm. started my career at Lizzie Grubman PR. And then that kind of was like the beginning of where I am yeah. now. Um, and that was where we did more celebrity driven events and worked with more okay. hospitality and nightclubs. Um, and so that's where I started everything. And that was just like, Lizzie was incredible and introduced me to everyone and was just like, here's this, here's that, here's this in New York. And we did Mm -hmm. nightclubs, you know, we did nightclubs. We did star room in the Hamptons every year. Um, and so I worked for her for five and a half years and then decided. Was that in New York? 
that was in New York. Okay. And it was amazing. And I learned so much and met so many incredible people. But there was a lot of stress that went along with yeah. it. I was the one that had shingles, I think, three times in five I years. I had shingles. Mm-hmm. Where'd you have them? I'm back. Oh, my God. I had them on the back of my neck. Yeah. They're horrendous. They're so bad. Years but ago. then you're just like, why am I so stressed about yes. this? And I'm in my early 20s and like when I had mine. feel like I didn't go. I remember I, I was just, I'm a workaholic mm-hmm. and I will, like, that's one of my vices. Um, but I didn't go home one year, I think even for Christmas, because like we then had to do like a New Year's Eve party and I had to be mm-hmm. in Miami for X, like a yeah. Paris Hilton, whatever. And I didn't go home for Christmas. I was just like, I don't have time to go home because mm-hmm. how do I go from New York to Miami and Michigan and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I didn't go home, but then I look back, I'm like, why did I do that? It was mm-hmm. just like this like need of having to You're like- You're so wrapped up in it. So you don't realize up in it. at the time. Um, so I was with her for five and a half years. I was a little, a little tangent. Um, and yeah. then I started at another agency that moved me to LA okay. and it was more hospitality. Um, and then after working for that agency for three years, it was just like, I, I'm not happy. Um, mm-hmm. And I have one rule in life. It's like, if I'm not happy, why am I doing it? Yeah. I can always find a job doing something. Um, but like happiness is number one. And so I started group of consulting as just like a means to fill a void until I figure out what's mm-hmm. next. Hence group of consulting. And then became next. <laughs> and then that became next where it was just like having someone help me. And then it snowballed into working with like Michael Mina's 14, a restaurant in LA mm-hmm. was the, our first like my first client and then Philippe Chow and then like the restaurant started coming um and then people started referring clients and like other clients referred mm-hmm. other people and like then it was just like okay I actually have a like, company this is my thing what do I what still what am yeah. I doing um and I think it was probably two years in and we finally like we're like okay what what is our focus mm-hmm. um because we did a mishmash of everything to start yeah but I think that's kind of how it is the best in the beginning because yeah. you have you try everything to see it's like throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks like 100 you've got to try and just yep. see if you like it maybe yep. like that's how I felt I was in the beginning I was just doing a ton of stuff and the podcast was one of them and then I was like yep. oh this is what I love yeah, exactly. And then you find yeah. out what that is. And ours then landed on food and wellness. And that was mm-hmm. also a journey where it was a Definitely. journey of food and wellness. Not even, f- it was food. We mm-hmm. were food. And then it was just like, we then had like a couple wellness. And I just, I'm like, oh, I love, we did Yaz, which is like literally one of the first spinning studios that then SoulCycle came after Yaz. Got it. Um, and it was just like, oh, we love this wellness standpoint of it. And like, mm-hmm. this was really cool. And then I had this client clean plates, which is like a, guide to organic and sustainable eating and it was similar to Zagat but mm-hmm. you know with those properties and I read cool. the first chapter and I was like oh my gosh like why aren't all restaurants like why can't all restaurants fill out this questionnaire mm-hmm. of where they're getting their food from like that's really crazy and so it was then like utilizing our lenses like from the PR standpoint of like using and working with restaurants that know where they're getting things and like mm-hmm. you know looking at it from like organic when organic was, I had like that moment of like everything needed to be organic. Yeah. And then after learning about that, then it shifted to where now everything that we work with is like non GMO and artificial flavors and like looking in that lens, because if everything is organic, then we're now not talking to everyone that we can actually make a bigger change. Yeah. And so it's also shifting within that, the wellness space too. Even Mm -hmm. that of like, that's like kind of that journey is like constantly learning and evolving and like understanding. Definitely. Because then we turned away from that. We're like, okay, we can't just say everything needs to be organic because then we wouldn't really have not that many clients, but it mm-hmm. also would make it too costly 
And that's like another thing what we're looking at now is like the clients that are mm-hmm. we're feeling like a little bit more gravitated towards are those that are more accessible to everyone. Yeah, and like affordable. how can you have a better product with better ingredients, but then how do you make it reach more people mm-hmm. rather than continue to talk to the same demographic? I think that's something I really struggle with in this space in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm the first to say, like, I think my entire page is aimed at one specific demographic and I'm trying to find ways to branch out, to reach other people. You know, I, I do think it's difficult because you tell your story and the people that are attracted to your story are similar people. Yeah. And so it's fighting that hamster wheel and trying to tell other people's stories and reach people of different demographics. Um, it's definitely been an eye-opening experience when I talk about things and get DMs from people who are in other parts of the country. Yeah. Um, specifically, like, you know, more landlocked areas, not like New York or yeah. LA. And they're like, we don't have any of this. Um, I have like a, you know, Walmart as my grocery store. Can we talk about like stuff that I can buy? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, fuck. I, for- I literally forget. Well, that's like the best part. And that's, I mm-hmm. think, which the most challenging, but the most fulfilling at the end of the day. Yep. Because it's looking at of of even if from a food standpoint to eat this, not that, like these mm-hmm. are your options. Like let's like, it's this, again, it's like the small things add up to bigger difference. Totally. So if you can have that gateway of, Hey, I'm not going to have this, or I'm going to choose organic milk versus everything else. Mm-hmm. Then that's like a baby step that you're like, okay, I feel better about myself. I feel better feeding my family this. I feel better that I can then do the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we all go cold Turkey in two things, that's what makes us fail. Because Definitely it's just agree. like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to do this. I ha- can't do that. That's why like, Whole30 is so intimidating exactly. and people give up. It's like really hard. And mm-hmm. so it's just like the baby steps of things of what do I have to do and I'll feel better. And then what's the next thing I can do? Yeah. And so it's just like looking at it in that sense. And I think that's where people go wrong. It's just like all or nothing. All or and nothing. It can't be all or nothing. Never. And it's like, it's finding that gray area. I've talked about this a lot, but- not only in food, but in the way you live of like, I love exercising, but there's a gray area. Like my definition of balance is not not going too far on either end. Like you can go way too far on the health and wellness spectrum. And like there's, 100%. I mean, orthorexia is like a very real thing. And then you can also just go far on the spectrum of not giving a shit. And so it's finding that middle ground in all aspects of your life and the gray of like, this is what I care about. I'm going to try my hardest to do this or eat this or whatever. But then again, finding the 80, yeah, 20, 70, but, 30. But it also is not feeling beat up about, don't yes. like beat yourself up about like it working too. working out for the right reasons, oh eating well for the right reasons. Yeah, like, but it's not even that. Of like my biggest thing is always like, I, I have to work out as my therapy. Yeah, like I, have to, I have to move. Same. I have to do this. I need to move my body every morning. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like my body functions as properly. My brain doesn't think as I well. But sometimes I don't have time. I mm-hmm. have a meeting at 7 a.m. There is no, like, I can't do a 6 a.m. and then still be there. Yeah. And so then I will still sometimes be like, oh, how am I going to get this workout in today? How am mm-hmm. I going to get this workout in today? And you're just like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, yeah. I cannot do a workout for the day, but just feeling good about it, but not having that negative chatter in the back mm-hmm. of your head for the rest of the day. Yeah. And that's like the biggest the thing. The letting go. You have to let go. And I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. And I think all of us have a hard time doing. Totally. Everyone, no matter where you are in your wellness mm-hmm. journey. I think it's a hard thing to, A, acknowledge that you're in, that your mind is telling you that, like accepting that and then being like, okay, this is something I have to let go. Um, what what we were talking about earlier of like 
ever evolving. I do think this space is ever evolving. I've kind of, I think a few years ago, it was a lot of like, you know, boot camp this, um, like the whole 30, the strict diets, the like, let's get as regimented as we can. Everyone go gluten-free. And I do think there's this turn in the narrative, which I'm totally here for and love, of more do the best you can. You know, you're never going to be perfect. We're all human. Have some fun, but try and, you know, stay as healthy as you can. Yep. I'm loving this era of the movement, but where do you see the quote-unquote wellness scene going in like a few years? I think everything is going to be a little bit more, continue to be more personalized because Mm -hmm. I think that's like the biggest thing that we've been talking about all the time. Remember when it was just like juice cleanses and here's this cleanse and like why you're not going raw, why you're Mm -hmm. not doing this, but it's more of like, how do you feel? Yeah. And I think that's like more of like how we have to tap into because I also believe that there are ancient practices that people have been doing for so long that we still need to bring back, but learn more. And so Mm -hmm. like, how do you then hybrid them? You know, and if you look at like acupuncture now of Mm -hmm. it's been around so much, but then it was then very much like more within like the affluent or elite, like kind of like you have to pay for it because it was X, Y, and And looked at as a little like woo woo. Exactly. But now it's just like, no, I feel better about this. Mm -hmm. And then you have like more of like the innovations and then you have the science with that and like the like herbal blends, mainstream type things Mm -hmm. that that's like when you're like, okay, there's ancient practices. How do we modernize them to make them everyone that they're not skeptics understand? Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be a continuous push. I like that. that I'm big on bio-individuality in the sense of there is no one size fits all. And that's something I tried to talk about a lot on my page because I think it's really easy to find bloggers or influencers or whoever who, you know, preach about whatever works for them as if everyone should be doing it. Yep. And, you know, like I'm gluten intolerant. I'm soy intolerant. That doesn't mean that everyone has to be gluten free or soy free. And, you know, everyone is going to have different intolerances and react to different things differently. And it's really just figuring out what works for you and doing more of that versus what you're saying on Instagram. Yeah. So I'm, and like, that's like, I like that movement. <laughs> we have to do that. And I think that's just going to be the fun part of it. Yeah. Because then you can have better conversations of like, hey, I did this what and that. Like, what works for you? Like, yeah. oh, should I maybe try it? Oh, I mm-hmm. didn't feel that well with it. Rather yeah. than like, I'm not doing it right. Yes. And I love... That those conversations. And I think I'm hyper aware of my body reacting to things, like sometimes a little too hyper aware, but I know certain things like as they're happening, I'm aware of them. And I remember having a conversation with someone, you know, I, my, a healer that I see and I've seen for 18, eight, yeah, 18 years. Um, we're very in tune because we've worked together for so long. And a few years ago, she was like, reading medical medium before it was what it is. And she, I was having like the worst of my digestive issues. And she was like, what, have you tried just plain celery juice in the morning? I'm like, what? No. She's like, I just, just try it. So I did it like three years ago. It really helped me personally. I never talked about it on my page because I was like, oh, whatever. Who, who else is going to drink yeah. this? Then it blew up. And so everyone was asking, do you drink plain celery juice? And I was like, actually I do. I have for a while. I personally find it helps. And I talked to a friend who's in the space and she was like, I've been drinking it every day for like the past two weeks and I'm more bloated than I've ever been. And I'm like, why are you drinking it then? Like that that's the total counterintuitive aspect. Like you can't just do something because everyone else is doing it and it work, may, might work for some. If it's making you severely bloated, 
and that's the opposite of how it's supposed to be helping you, like then maybe you just don't react yes, to it well. I think people just don't know. And that's the yeah. thing. It's just like people, like it's, we're told all the times, like how many different superfoods and how many different oh, like yeah. stimulants are we supposed to have a day? Yeah. Like I'm supposed to have like how many different mushrooms? I'm going to have to have like <laughs> ashwagandha. Shit out I'm going to have to do this. Like I can't take mushrooms. I feel like I'm like, like I can't, I'm spacey. I can't focus on anything. I've never, I've tried a few. Well, I yeah. did maca once, and I did not react. And that's not mushroom, yeah, but, but I did not like react. That's the thing. Well. It's just like that's not mushroom, but like that's the thing. It's just like how do you? Everyone has to small things and like see yeah. how they feel, and like do you feel better with it or do you not? Mm-hmm. And that's like the biggest thing. It's like we're not, we're not Barbie dolls. We're not cookie cutter. No, we're not cut from the same cloth. So everything is going to be different. Yeah, and that's the message I try to give to people is like. If this doesn't work for you, then stop. Like there's no need to continue just because I'm doing it or you're seeing someone else doing it. So yeah. I really hope we continue in that individualized trend. But I think it, it will. But I, I think, think it people will. also really like to be told what to do sometimes. Everyone wants answers. Because it just That's makes you I'm feel t- good too when you're like, yeah. okay, finally done, I can do yeah. this. I even say that to Joe sometimes when I'm really anxious. I'm like, you, I just need to make you, you just have to make decisions for me. You have to tell me what we're doing for dinner. You have to do, like, you just have to be the deciding, do this. Because sometimes it's like decision fatigue. 100%, but then you also have to be good with the decision that he I know. makes. Because how many times this is the you fight do we that? Get in and then you're the like, time. well, actually, I don't want that. I don't want that. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Literally, that is the main fight we get in. <laughs> and then he's like, you're impossible to please. Like, no, I just, yeah, it's the control freak trying to give up control, but like then not being happy with the response. So yeah. I'm finding my balance. My therapist and I are working on it. <laughs> but those are the, the, that's like the funny moment because you know yes. it's going to happen. And like, I think oh, it's I know also, it's gonna happen, and we also it. learn better from our past mistakes and yeah. like actually look at them and be like, okay, I'm this type of person mm-hmm. and like hear how we go. So what I did was, and this is totally off topic for our, but basically what I, our fright used to be me being like, I can't think about food for one more second. I feel like all I do is when I was meal prepping, especially like think of meals, cook them, like prep them, then cook for myself, then photograph. Like I'm decision fatigued when it comes to food. I cannot make another decision. You need to pick what we're having for dinner. And then it would be like, well, I can't, he would pick something. I'd be like, well, I can't have that. Like, uh, that doesn't sound that good. And then we get in this fight. So I came up with like a list of all like places that we frequent and like my go-to order at each place. And so then it's just like you decide. And so I'm giving up a sense of control, but then there's still a little control because it's like a curated list of 20 places and dishes I like. that also like helps with like relationships because I think it's like what happens internally also like affects everyone around you. Yep. And that's especially, you know, what we have to do even within our office space of like, mm-hmm. what's the best way that people learn? What's the best way that people like to communicate? Yeah. Because that's like the biggest thing that now we're working on too, is just like, what do you need in order to feel fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Or what do you need? Like, do you want positive reinforcement? Do you want to hear like positive and negatives? Like, yeah, how do you, criticism. what's, yes, like mm-hmm. what, what will make you be better? But yeah. then that should go in every part of your relationship, even from that from point I of agree. like food, restaurants, like all of this, like, please don't have a hard conversation with me in the morning. Can we please like yeah. have this at the end of the day? Because like, it's yes. going to mess up my entire day. So like, like it's like setting those like meetings that you know that yeah, are going to be like, that. sideline that, like, so, like push that mm-hmm. to like four or five o'clock. And then you can like figure that out. And it's just like knowing like how you will feel emotionally mm-hmm. through things. 
But I also think bioindividuality reflects itself in managing because yeah. I know I'm someone that really thrives off of constructive criticism. I love, I want to hear it all. And that was something I felt really lacked in my old job because I'd have my reviews and it's like, okay, you're doing well, like keep it up. I'm like, but A, what am I doing well? B, I know there are things that I can be better at. So like, why don't you know what they are and yeah. tell me? Um, but I know other people are like, oh no, like I do not like constructive criticism. Like I'd rather beat around the bush. And or some so people want to hear that? it, but then when they hear it, they're like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, I agree. they're like, oh no, yeah. But I think that comes from for me personally with sports. Like I, I don't know if this was only in college, but I used to do. I was a part of this like leadership academy and we would do 360 evaluations. Yeah. So like our teammates would all send an anonymous feedback on me as like, this is what she does well. This is what she could work on specifically like leadership characteristics. And then also my coaches. And like, that's where I found obviously a lot of it hurt to hear some of it when it was the constructive criticism. And I thought maybe I was doing a good job at it and I was maybe not doing as well as I thought, but that's where I grew. Like that's where real growth comes from, I think. That's actually a really great skill set. I think I, I think love I it. might take that and do like it, do oh it within God. our office. It's it, I mean, it's I found it to be incredibly beneficial. I think some people unfortunately can like hide behind the mask of anonymous and say some like really brutal things. So it's taking a step back of being like, okay, maybe they're taking it something else out on me. Mm-hmm. But what they say maybe has a warrant. It's just a little doesn't have to be as yeah. harsh sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really helpful. 100% because I think people always don't want sugar-coated. Yeah, I never want sugar-coated. How large is the team that you manage? We have 15 people. Okay. I think and we're growing and we're like looking for more people. So I think by the end of the year, we should have closer to like 17, 18. Wow. And when did you first start hiring? Like right off the bat when you started Grupa? I did. I I. I'm a type of person that's small, like, like I, I need help with like more organizational mm-hmm. things. Um, and so I always had like a, like a amazing woman that started from day one. She was at my old agency and then she started as like mm-hmm. an intern and then moved up into like the agency. Um, and so, but yeah, I, I always need help. I like talking to people. I like having like bouncing ideas, mm-hmm. di- ideas off them, but I yeah. also need help with like managing and like, like documents and stuff like that. Did you find it was hard? Are you a control person? Yeah. Did you find it was hard giving up control over aspects of your business or well, not quite? That's my initial was more of like, I need help with like organizations of like yeah. documents and things along those lines, but okay. I would do everything. Got it. Um, I recently, I mean, it's been nine and a half years and I got an assistant a year ago. Okay. Um, and so, yes, I do have control <laughs> issues. Um, but it, that was the hardest thing. It's still yeah. sometimes difficult. But like what I also is realize is like I also rely on her so much and she's so incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's not only like looking at it from a standpoint, I think a lot of people are like, oh, they're not doing this and this and this. And I'm like, but what do I need to do in order to make her better? Yeah. And it's like the That's way true. of looking at things. So. Yes, I'm more controlling. And that's like something we're working on within all of our, within our office. It's just like, how do you manage people better? But mm-hmm. then how do you manage it smarter? How do you work smarter rather than harder? Mm-hmm. But we all know that it's it's more work to like onboard into. It takes a lot of work. Let go of things. It takes a lot of work. But at the end, you're going to be so much more happier. Yeah. I think that's why I struggled with like internships, for instance, at JP. Because I was like at a few years, like an intern sponsor. But these interns would come in for like three or eight weeks, like so like two months. 
And you'd spend so much time teaching them all this stuff. And it was so much work. And then the internship would be over before they could ever actually do anything. Because, like, they're not even licensed. So then it's just, like... But like how, oh, but like man. that teaching skills of like you having to do that every day, like how much more do you respect teachers? So and much. And like, like those that have the, that organizational like, like brain, that's mm-hmm. like structure. Yeah. And they're like, here's like the playbook and here's like the guidebook and here's the handbook mm-hmm. of like what we do. It also taught me a lot about the product that I was trading because I was yeah. think, like, you know, when you have someone come in and I feel that way, even when I was, I was so much younger than my team. So I'd say things and, you know, interns would even say things. And it's like, that's just been the typical like way of doing it for so long that people don't take a step back and think, oh, this could be changed in a certain way. Or like, oh, I forgot to really learn the nitty gritty of this, like the, that type of thing. But, but that's what you guys have to learn and yeah. like ask questions. And that's like the biggest thing when we have and grow our team, like, no matter what level of just like, mm-hmm. if you see something that doesn't make sense, like, will you let me know? But then yeah. also on the flip side, I think it makes everyone easier, like offer a solution because mm-hmm. I think that's like the biggest thing. It's just like, this doesn't seem right. Okay. But then ask like the other questions of like, why doesn't it seem right? And like, how what else can we, can we, fix we do? It? You know? And I think that's like the biggest thing of even talking about a team of mm-hmm. managing them, of being like, this doesn't, I don't like this. What don't you like? Or mm-hmm. communication was like the, like I didn't feel like I was communicated or like I feel miscommunication. We're, we're just having a miscommunication mm-hmm. here. But I'm like, okay, but what part of the miscommunication is it? Yes. Can you give me examples? Or I think that's like the biggest thing of like asking the secondary questions mm-hmm. and then like the like the next questions after that, that mm-hmm. then you have a finer, like you finer like scope of like what actually is the yes. issue. And I felt that way even when we sat down to talk a while ago yeah. about like, trying to figure out what direction I wanted to take my page in and what I wanted to focus on. And it's so easy to be like, well, I don't like this part. But then it's like, well, what don't you like about it? And I feel that way when I have conversations with people now about transitioning from the corporate like world into kind of working for yourself, entrepreneurship, wellness scene. Yep. I think a lot of it, you really have to sit down. And I did this for a long time with my job of like, what do I not like about my job? Like not just, I don't like my job. I, when people say it to me on the phone, sometimes I'm like, okay, but what don't you like about your job? Yeah. And then what are the things that you actually like about your job? Cause there are things like I loved the team aspect of it. And that's something I struggle with now of like, I work for myself. I work by myself. I miss that team conditioning almost like the bouncing ideas. And so that's why I have like a slew of friends that I call in this space. And I'm like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Um, So building a different type of team, but I don't know, I'm constantly thinking about if I were to expand, but then I pull back because I'm like, oh God, I I feel like there's still so much time where I need to mainstream things before I can easily give off something like of substance to someone. But sometimes it's not even giving off of something. It's a matter of how do you make it better? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I could never give everything to someone, but then it's just like, okay, how do we do this together? Because then you can take on more work. True. Because like you can only have you have a certain bandwidth of you as a person, yeah, and also just time, time, but also <laughs> brain, and then it's like yeah. how do you then be a better wife, mother, friend, mm-hmm. like boss, and everything else? Because if you stretch yourself too thin, then you go crazy, yeah, you snap. and then it's just like you snap and you have all of those moments. So it's just like how do you then be the best person? And sometimes that might need even just part time help, 
Yeah, because I know like, that's what I think. That's I'm like the thing. It's just like, how do you do that? And yes, it's going to take away from the bottom line and X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z. But you can end up making more money and making more, I don't know, more impact on things. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing to come to terms with for me right now of like, do I have this within my budget to be spending? But I do think that the return would be greater than the spend. Yeah. Well, it's like also setting those goals of like, okay, if we hire this person, then when, how much do I need to make or how much need do I need to bring in in order to cover them, but then also move forward Mm -hmm. and then have those goals and be like, okay, here's this, here's that. Yes. That's what I look at always sometimes. It's just like, okay, I really want this person. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. Their salary, they're asking for too much. But like, if I can do this, then I need to make sure we have this. Yeah. Do I think that is feasible if it's like, yes. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, we can do this. And then setting those goals. Smart. I like that. It's Tetris. Exactly. Tetris. (laughs) I also forgot to mention in the beginning during your introduction, but you also opened the Good Smart. Mm -hmm. The Good Smart? The Good Smart, yeah. The Good Smart. Can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, it's basically where I want to die. It's my heaven. It's like every product I love in one. Yeah. And slushies. Um, I know. So can you walk us through, A, what that is, and then B, also how that came about? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, it's the Good Smart is basically a better for you. We say better for you socially conscious convenience store. So mm-hmm. it's basically if Seven Eleven and Whole Foods had a yes. baby, that's us. Um, but lately, I like to say it's like our generation's like convenience store because mm-hmm. convenience stores right now are no longer convenient for those of things that we're looking for. No, I just um, was trying to find a chocolate bar at the airport. yesterday and I walked into five different spots in the airport and was like none of this is good it was all Hershey's and I can't even taste like shit now exactly so it's it's looking and just changing things and it's Mm -hmm. like again as we talked about is being better not perfect so what we do is take everything that you would find at a traditional convenience store but Mm -hmm. like making them upgraded so everything in the store is non-gmo no artificial flavors preservatives you know, better use of cottons and packaging. And so we have no single serve plastic bottles in our in our cooler cases. And we donate all of our tips to a local nonprofit every month um, and looking to build a community. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm from a small town in Michigan. And that's like our local gas station, which is Snoco, was my favorite place. It was like mm-hmm. where I would get milk, eggs, cheese. Like I would always get like, you know, good and plenties or whatever yep. that is. Um, and it would last made a lasting impression on me. And then as I moved to New York and L.A. for the PR job and actually doing press for better for you CPG or consumer mm-hmm. packaged good products, it was just like, OK, why are we not changing the convenience? Yeah, store? Like, why seriously. isn't this happening? And so it was just like, OK, if I could create something because I always wanted to do something on my own mm-hmm. where I think I love the PR job and I love our agency, but it's, I, I've been doing it for 15 years, mm-hmm. you know, and then what do I want to do next? And I think it was just like understanding what I knew, but like also making a difference. And that's why we try to be more yeah. accessible and having a dollar 25 drip coffee from La Colombe and nothing in the store is over $20. Mm-hmm. And we look at it from a price perspective too, of like, how do you price things for someone that, what should someone pay that we both like, you know, I'm still making mm-hmm. my margins and you're getting a good it's cost. Affordable. And it's affordable, but we're not like, you're like, okay, how much will they pay versus like how much should it they yes, pay? I agree. And so there's one in LA. Yes. The first one. One in Silver Lake that we opened up April of twenty eighteen. And okay. then we opened up one in October um, of last year as well. Yeah. And so it's not even a year old, almost a year old. In New York. In New York and Soho. 
do you think you'll continue to expand? Yes, we're Amazing. looking to continue. I mean, I want to be the next, you know, the next name that you know in convenience. Yeah, can we um, request West Village location? <laughs> I know, right? But that's like the fun thing is just like we can have more growth. And so I, yeah. where the goods, like where it's like, it's also like a lovely part of my life where it's like Krupa is headquartered I know, in you're LA. so convenient. But then um, the goods is, is located in New York. And mm-hmm. so we're moving, you know, the, the corporate office is going to be in New York. And so that's the fun part of it because there's like so much foot traffic and so much density and so much, so much. Yeah. So much foot traffic. And it's great. And it's fun. I mean, airports could really use this. Huh? Airports. Oh, I know. It's like airports. There's oh everything. My I mean, God. it's airports and we look it's at it angry. in all different things. I mean, it's just because you want, like, when was the last time you had a slushy that actually <laughs> was good and kombucha? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny how you were saying your Sunoco like brought back those memories for me at the beach there's a 7-eleven at the entrance to our town yeah and i mean my dad goes every morning still for like coffee and newspapers yeah. but when we first were at the age where we were allowed to like leave the house after dark on our bikes that's where we went it was like we go to the 7-eleven we get slurpees and ice cream and like snickers bars and then go like drive like ride down the main street at the beach like thinking we were so cool drinking slurpees but now, every time I pass it, it, it weirdly brings me back to these moments of like, I guess I was in fifth, sixth, seventh, like yeah. middle school years of thinking I was a badass in the parking lot of 7-Eleven drinking Slurpee. Again, it hits you in your kid spot. Exactly. You know what I mean? It it's like those things that are just so nostalgic. And yeah. like, you just were happy because you didn't know anything. And no, I, knew, like I didn't thing. know anything. It was like the cool thing. I felt like I was a freaking high schooler at a bar. Like right? I thought it was, I was like, so oh, cool. I got my slushy. Yeah. I'm my. It's like, but it also at that time it was like what your parents told you not to have. Like, oh, don't have all that yeah. sugar. And you're like, I'm gonna uh-huh. get this. Like, I'll eat a Snickers bar and a pint of ice cream <laughs> and a slushy, mom. And I'm gonna do it all and feel great. Yeah, exactly. No, it's so funny. Um, so I love the transition of the Goods Mart, and I, I definitely think there's a need this thank you yeah. in every city it's been fun and that's like also it's just like how you juggling two companies at once yeah it's wild um and two different teams in two different fields even though they're somewhat similar yeah, are the teams totally separate completely and how many people are employed for the good smart the goods is really lean uh-huh. um so we're i mean it's myself and then we have um mostly like hourly team members yeah um Who right like now working the store yeah working in the store and then when a coordinator like a kind of like operations coordinator wow and then consultants it's amazing so that's when you like rely on everyone you're like hey can you help me it's like (laughs) you pull out those cards yeah and i think that's as publicists you just like always look for other you always look to do things yourself Mm -hmm. and you're like i got this i got this we'll handle it don't worry about it yeah and now you're like i need need someone else to get this (laughs) (laughs) you need help but it's like it's also it's just like building something different Mm -hmm. like we want to build a community and so it takes a community to build a community and so you're That's like, very true. You're like, how do you then do something that everyone likes? And it's getting outside opinions and outside like mm-hmm. um, ideas because then you're only going to be better. Yeah, I agree. It's like that whole like thing. It's like a th- like a theme of mine right now. It's like better not perfect. Just keep going. Just keep, keep going. Because um, people know how hard you work and they know that it comes from a, a place that you really wanted to make mm-hmm. it work. It's very true. I love that. Yeah. What would you say your favorite characteristic about yourself is? Um, oh, that's hard. 
I would say, I mean, it's like one of those like backhanded ones. You're like, I say hardworking because yeah, like I'm very determined on things. Um, but I think that also sometimes like you need to let that go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's like a positive, but also somewhat of a negative. Um, yeah, but I would say more, I mean, it got you to where you are. It played a large role, I'm sure. Yeah. But I also think that now I think we look at hardworking as like, oh, you need to relax. But hardworking doesn't have to be nonstop. Hardworking can be yeah. what you were saying, working smart, not yeah. hard. It's, I think it's more of like determinate, determined because mm-hmm. I think I'm always determined to do things and we'll figure out and like how do you do that but on all parts. Like how do I build a store? Yeah. Like I'm determined to build something that's successful. Mm-hmm. I'm determined to make sure that our team is working smarter and not harder. I'm determined to like figure that out. And so I think it's like that analytical side of things of being like, how do we do it better? How do we do this? Mm-hmm. And determined to like change. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's like, I want to figure out how do we change more? How do we make more positive impacts on things? What are you dead set on positively impacting? Like what's your number one if you could choose? I mean, I think that for me right now is changing the food system and making better food more accessible. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we have to. I think we have to talk to more people about, you know, eating better, but in a positive way. As like we talked about, and I think that was the through line of like everything we discussed. It's yeah. just like how do we be and celebrate the small changes that we make rather than like the bigger. Mm-hmm. But that also is just like we need to make it more accessible and like not make it so that we're outpricing a majority of the population. Yeah. Um, but then how do you then elevate the brands that are actually doing well, that are not also impacting the agricultural side mm-hmm. of things? Um, and then how do you make them do better so that their prices drop so that we all are able to all like do that? afford it. You know, yeah. so it's like that vicious cycle of like, you just have to continue to build because this economy is a scale. Mm-hmm. But like if you can continue to push and like drive interest within something, prices drop and like there's more, you know, yep. more consumerism on that side. It's all economics. It's all economics. <laughs> you know that more than I do. What are some of the brands or products that you're really excited by right now in the space? Oh, I mean, there is, there's so many, um, there's a tea that we have in our Soho location of Minna and it's like a sparkling mm-hmm. tea Yeah, that's really great. So it kind of verges that like I'm a tea fan. Mm-hmm. So it merges my love of tea. Then like that's smar- the sparkling water yes. kind of craze. And you're just like, Ooh, Ooh this is great. This and is someone tea. actually told me earlier today and they're like, it kind of fits within like somewhat of the kombucha space too, because it's a tea and it's sparkling. Yeah. And it's but like, is it fermented? It's not fermented. Okay. Um, but you kind of have that kind of like yeah. that that kind of look. Yeah. Um, I really love that. Um, I before we even started working with them, um, Forager project mm-hmm. um, of what they do within like their like the sourcing of ingredients and like their wasabi chips. Oh, I've never had those. Gosh, they're the best thing. Like I'm a really? wasabi fan, but like, I love it's wasabi. just like it's like um, greens that it's like so it's basically like tortilla chips that have greens in it because they use Ooh. like leafy greens in order to make the chips um, and grains. Um, but there's a wasabi flavor that's so I've never had incredible this. and good. I need to try them. Um, there's a lot. The Bjorn corn, mm-hmm. um, I think that everyone loves. Yeah. Um, Little Secrets are my favorite. That's like the better for you M&Ms and Kit Kats. Oh, yes. I've that seen those. They're just so good. Um, <laughs> and Tori and Howard, I always have them with me. And that's like yeah. a better for you Starburst. I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. And they're so good. There's just like even like Pan's Mushroom Jerky and like the innovation. Yeah, within Mushroom like Jerky mushroom is a big thing right now. so good. I had Banana Jerky at um, Expo, which was, I thought I was going to be like, no, thank you. But it was actually really good. Yeah. And I think that's like the innovations of like, how do you use plants more to do mm-hmm. things is also fun. 
There's this um, brand that we just started carrying, um, Nora. Mm, I think I know Um, that name. And it's seaweed. Yes. And so it's like seaweed different. So it's like a tempura seaweed cracker that Mm. we literally polished off, I think, like three bags. I love seaweed, even just like yesterday. I was just like, how many bags did we actually go through yesterday? I'm like, three of them. I love just like the seaweed snacks too. I, I freaking love seaweed. I mean, it's just like delicious, so crunchy good. salt. But but then you like can layer things on top of it. Yes. I know. I want to get more innovative with that because I usually just eat it as a snack. Oh, you can do a lot of things. Like, yeah. It depends on what you want. Like I do hummus, but then I do like the siete, like cashew queso. Mm-hmm. Very good. And then there's like all, there's like, have you had Honest Stand? Okay. I had it at Expo and I was obsessed with their nacho dip, <laughs> but I don't think it's available in They just New York, started launching it? in New York. Oh, really? Um, I need to find it. It's so good. I loved that. I, I met them with someone from your team. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so like good. so good. And it's just like, yeah, that's what we, yeah. It's just like, I, I need to get mm-hmm. a cheese pump thing of that. In yeah. Our that's store. what you need. It um, it, we're trying to figure out how to put it. We have like so much, like such I know there's not space. <laughs> I know. I also want a rotating hot dog machine that I want to put up, but. What kind of hot dogs would you have? Olympia provisions. Okay. It's like Are really you a vegetarian? Big. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm a vegetarian or vegan when I'm at home. Oh, interesting. I don't like to cook meat. I don't like to touch it. But like, I mean, I do PR and I really love burgers. Like, yeah, I mean, burgers are my favorite thing. Like, Same. have you been to the usual? No. In Soho? I haven't. Oh my Do gosh. I need to go? The best burger. And really? Like what he does, it's like. Because I have like a long list of my favorite burgers on my like phone. This is like literally the best burger you'll ever have. Okay. The usual. Uh-huh. It's so good. I'll go. Like I like burgers. Like burgers are my like vice. Same. They're my, okay. Well, now that we're talking about it, my ending question is, and it's really exactly what you said, the kid spot. Like what are the three ways to your heart through food? But like what really hits you in the kid? Like, you know, what gets to you? I feel like it's like burgers and ice cream. Yep. Those are two of mine. Um, I then the other one is just like, it's like a running joke with all my friends. Like I'm a snacker. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to try different snacks at all times. Like I'll have dinner as like a main meal, but I like to snack during the day. Oh, so you like will snack all day versus like a breakfast and lunch? Oh, rarely do I have a breakfast or lunch. Really, like I'm I so snack all day. I'm not a snacker. My mom is like you. I call her a forager or a yeah. grazer. She just like grazes over everything. Like. Grabs every once everything. in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm on like a cleanse for like the next week. Not a cleanse, but like more of I'm, I'm doing like the Panchakarma. Okay. Um, going to LA this week and doing that. Um, and so I'm not snacking. And so I actually have to be thoughtful within like mm-hmm. meals and everyone in the office is so excited. And also now you're probably more aware of how much you snack when you're not snacking. Yeah. But it's like more of like yes but it's just like this is like more of like i can't have x y and z yeah not really that bad limiting but it's like everything needs to be cooked mm-hmm. so it's even like grabbing things that are easier. yeah that's tough it's hard but our team my team is so excited because <laughs> they're like you're not gonna like i'm the worst where i'll buy something and put it on the table oh yeah and so that everyone else everyone then snacks else snacking. With me, and I all right so it. snacks wait but burger okay your favorite burger is the usual it's the usual I'm, I'm a usual shake shock Okay. But I also have like I a weird Shisha. obsession with like um, veggie burgers. Interesting. Like, have you had the wasted burger at Blue Hill? Okay. People have told me about this. You can only get it at the bar, right? Um, Sitting at the bar, I think. That's I got it when me. I was at a re- at the table. Oh, you but did. It was like one of the, it was like during a tasting menu time, so I got it as like my option as like my entree. Okay. Thing. 
I love Blue Hill so much, like so much. And people have told me about this and I really want to get it. It's like the best like veggie burger. Okay. I got to go. My friend and I keep saying that we're going to go sit at the bar and get it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will do that. And then where's your fa- what's your favorite ice cream if you had – because ice cream is the way to my heart. Oh, see, so I, just, I always need more grew details. up with – I'm all, I'm dairy-free as well. Okay. Um, I mean, if I have to eat, like McConnell's, I'll always eat McConnell's if I have to do mm-hmm. dairy, just like to eat it. Um, but what is it? Um, oh, shoot. It's like, what is it, Noma Lou? Like I can see the packaging. Is out of Austin? Um, it's plant based. It have I think have I know what you're talking about. Rocky Road, and it starts with an N. Isn't it Natamu or Natamu? Natamu. Natamu. Yeah. I really like Natamu. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had it. It's so good. I don't know how I tried it once, but I think it's Rocky Road because I'm like also like a chocolate. I need chocolate and marshmallows together, okay. and then like crunchy chocolate bites. You should do some type of s'mores thing at the Good Smart. I love s'mores. I know. We, we're constantly trying to think of, like, what's the next slushy we want. Yeah. And so, like, what do we... I don't know how you would do s'mores indoors, but I fucking... We did s'mores bar at our wedding. And at my rehearsal dinner, I think I had six s'mores, like, after the dinner. I, I love s'mores. Me too. I love s'mores. Love. And I don't know how to do that. Like, there's, like, a lot of things that I want. What to like, do. How do I do? I know. Can you put I a made... fire pit outside in New York? Probably not. <laughs> But who knows? That'd be a pretty epic thing. Right? You can just be like, oh, here. Yeah. But like if I'm doing a s'more, I want it to be like the The marshmallow goes on in flames. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I want to pull back the layers of like the the marshmallows. Yeah. I've actually, I've made s'mores in my apartment just on the stovetop. But again, I don't think you want to have that in good s'more. Open flame just for anything. No, probably could. Dangerous. Some type of like... Some type of like, some violation. Fine. I would have some violation. Yeah, of I'm sure. But like that's like also like a good like they like that could be like a fun innovation. Yeah. Well, you could do like chocolate covered. Like you're making the s'mores in the back. Do you do you guys? Well, do you have a kitchen in there? No, we we work with restaurant partners instead. Yeah, like where they're actually open flamed, and then the s'mores made, and then it's dipped in chocolate and in the freezer. Oh, freezer ones would actually be really good. Now we're talking. Have you tried those marshmallows on um, St. Mark's Place between... Smash? Yes. Yes. Do you like them? Um, Yes, because... Squish. No, not Smash. Squish. No, I haven't. It's like an artisanal brand out of New York. Oh, really? No, I haven't. And they have a s'mores one as well. And so they put chocolate and graham crackers in the marshmallow. Ooh. I have not. It's like right across from Hanoi House. Okay. I got to look at that. This will all be in the show notes. I'm going to have a lot of show notes on this episode of all the brands we've talked about. Right. You're just like, here's everything. Here's the long list. Um, okay, How many more do you have to do? You want like 10 more? <laughs> just give you more work. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, in there, man. Um, no, but thank you so much. This was so much fun. This is so fun. I have really appreciated you being a mentor of sorts in this space over the past year and a half because we met like right when I was leaving my job. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for coming on here. Thank you for all that you do in helping the brands that really should be growing, grow and spreading awareness about them. And thank you. This is so much fun. So much fun. I think you found your calling. Oh, thanks. (laughs) And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. 
please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.